The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Welcome to Hit That Line Week 9. I am your host, Zach Berry, coming to you with Austin Gray, Ben Woodhouse, Nicholas Carr. Look, we said the regression monster was going to come at some point. It did, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Did go three and nine, but we're still 57 and 40 against the spread for the season. Not too shabby. Welcome in, gentlemen. We are going to rebound in a big way this week. We'll be ready to do worse, frankly. So, uh, yeah, you I know, mean, I'm looking at the numbers, Zach. Are you sure that we're not 56 and 40? I could but, be. Look, I'm not a math major, so you guys all went. To an extra, what, three years of school, four years of school? That had nothing to do with math at all. I I told y'all about my situation while I was filling out the spreadsheet last weekend. Hey, what uh, what level of schooling tells you that Tulane is not going to cover against North Texas? Jesus, Nick chose violence. What level of of schooling tells you that Ole Miss is going to cover last week? Oh man, what what a, what a cover that was too! I, why didn't Hugh Freeze go for two there <laughs> when they scored late just to just to really mess with things? the The reality of of our picks right now is you have had two separate zero and three weeks this season. Yeah, again, I just want to let the record state that last week <laughs> I really just had one total pick, and it was North North Texas to cover against the Green Wave, and they covered so. We are 56 and 40. I just did the math on my computer. I, sh- I would show my work, um, but we're it's so, not a digital medium. 12 times 8 is 96, so we are 56 and 40. So the the Rebels would have beat the Tigers by two more scores if but for the early turnover. Would you all agree with that? Yes. And the field goal that we botched. Yeah. Yeah. So at least 10 more points. Yeah. I agree. The game, the yardage differential, other than that garbage time, which I'm sure you can account for somehow, the game looked more like a 41 to 17 game on the field than a seven point game. You know what I mean? That that last touchdown really flattered them. I mean, it was a a 14 point game. Then they had like, what, 110 yards passing into the last drive. Yeah. So the last drive. The last drive Auburn scored on was 67 yards, and they had 275 total. But you have to credit them with a touchdown that Robbie Ashford failed to execute on, according to Hugh Freeze, on the first play of the game. So that's actually – Have y'all watched the replay? Part. Yes. Dude. I, can't, what, I couldn't tell who about? it was. There was a linebacker right there that tackled it's also, the running back. 
it's also the first play of the game. Like, it's super unfortunate that you only get one play a game in college football and Auburn just, you know, failed to execute on their one play. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I'm I mean, so glad we don't have to deal with that anymore. I, it, I mean, Nick's got to deal with it every did week. Did replay in the, like, the three different open receivers we had, like, open for touchdowns that we threw yeah. at a different player? I mean, yeah. if, if we're just counting, like like, scores that didn't actually happen, you know? There was at one point Braylon Brown was running into his own zip code, and yeah. and we didn't throw in the ball. It was still a great play to Prescorn, but that's a touchdown. Oh, it was a fantastic pa- pass and catch by Prescorn, but like Braylon Brown was the only guy in between the hashes. Yeah, correct. It, he could have punted it to him. He could have thrown it left-handed to him. And then he said he throws though. like an absolute dime to Prescorn. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was awesome. And, and I was hard on Dart early in the game, and I thought he struggled in the first half, frankly, but he had a huge – I think the play of the game, truly, to me, is the scramble that he had on, oh, like, second and 15. Dude. Uh, right to left on the TV screen that he was running right at us, Nick. Great play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had a much better second half. I mean – Oh, yeah. Ultimately – Something about that, dude. Was... He, he, he turns it on after halftime. I just wish he'd put a full game together. It's not like we got to figure it I mean, out. If we go to Georgia and and only play like one half of football, it won't matter how good that other half is. Right, well, I agree. We're gonna we're gonna get to Georgia in a minute because they got to find somebody to catch passes quickly. Um, yeah. Look, I've made this in the most complimentary sense possible regarding Dart. People naturally compare him to Corral because Corral was you know here just a couple of years ago. They both were two, whatever. I think he's like a rich man's Bo Wallace, and I mean that like as a compliment. Yeah. Dart. Like yeah. he is like. He's just a well, gamer. Like nothing, he doesn't do anything exceptionally well. He's not super fast. He doesn't have a giant arm, but he just wins, man. He's gritty. He finds a way. Like he's not exactly a game manager because he can make throws when he needed to make throws. But you know, he doesn't get down on himself. And and this year, you know, a game like last week, last year, we may have lost a game like that because Dart did not play well for the first half. And in the second half, he just shrugs it off and finishes the game. You know, puts him away like he. Like we were supposed to do, we were the better team, and we finished them off. He he's probably like the best parts of Bo Wallace and the best parts of like intangibles with Corral because he does remind me a lot of Corral with just his his demeanor and like his attitude. Like he he's got that dog in him where Corral just did not care. He's gonna yeah. win, no way around it. Like just a gritty i know we're using all the buzzwords and all the cliches but i mean it's true like the dude yeah it's just the it's only just tough the only thing where dart and it's not a knock on dart it's just it's more of a compliment of corral corral his arm was built different i mean oh yeah yeah corral could throw it through a brick wall dart doesn't i mean very few players can do that they very few uh, had the arm that corral uh, did the 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 footage is still on youtube and anywhere you can find it i mean they did the long toss competition at the opening, you know, RIP yeah. to the opening, which of course they stopped doing it when I start covering recruiting and can go to Nike headquarters. But I mean, you've got like Trevor Lawrence and a bunch of dudes like crow hopping, getting like a four or five step, you know, running start and throwing it and corral just stands there flat footed, bounces a couple times and throws it 76 yards. Like and that's, wins it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, Normal. it's not necessarily fair to Dart to follow up Corral because he was so good. But I mean, guys, Dart may end up with like one of the highest win percentages of all time as an Ole Miss quarterback. Yeah. At, at least yeah. in the modern era. And I mean, talk about 
being spoiled at the quarterback position. I don't think Ole Miss fans realize this enough, but Bo Wallace is the program leader in total yardage. And then you've got Matt Corral, first 10 win regular season ever. You had Chad Kelly, who had the what third best single season ever mm-hmm. next to Cam Newton and Johnny Menzel. You've had Eli Manning, who did everything that he did. Um, so yeah, there's been some uh some damn good quarterbacks come through Ole Miss in the last decade or so. Uh, Rice Plumley. I mean, <laughs> you know. Dude, he almost <laughs> he almost got in that ass in Norman. He did. That was a God, true. What an awful two point conversion play call, though. Yeah, I mean that, that was, was that? that was freeze esque, freeze esque on the two point play call. Hey, I, well, I'll, I'll I'll say this real man. real quick, Ben. But shout out to Chip Patterson on the Cover Three podcast where he said that it's hard to get a good two point conversion play drawn up when your entire offense is two point conversion plays. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Gus is better than freeze, man. Yeah. What we about Freeze break, breaking out the treadwell pass? What about oh, Freeze breaking out the treadwell pass? Dude, New critical, so, critical like juncture in the game. <laughs> it was perfect. Perfect. So we were sitting. He put the we third were, string quarterback in. Like, do you think no one's gonna notice? Yeah, so but we, he put we a sleeve sitting, on him, so he was disguised. Yeah, in uh like in the old miss section, but on the aisle and across the aisle. Okay, so Auburn does this cool thing, or they used to, where like their end zone, um, farthest from the locker rooms i don't i guess it's the north end zone is young alumni so you can age out of that section but it allows you build fans by you you give them cheaper tickets but they are out of school yet not let's say our age right it's probably like your 20s up until maybe early 30s, 35. And so it's a rowdier group of people. It's not student section rowdy, but it's rowdy. And, dude, when they called that play, like our whole section were like – I mean, it was like Hugh Freeze special. I mean, those guys were so pissed off at us because it was like – I mean, he can't help himself. He cannot help himself. He has to run the trick play. And I and you look at the RP, it's like, you've got three more years of this before y'all get out of this mess because – He's going to be running reverse passes and everything else. They'll be in the wildcat, you name it. He's still doing it. This is 10 years since he did it with Treadwell, basically. He's still doing yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you can't – that's a play that you run for fun when you're playing like Memphis or, I mean, realist like UAB. You don't – you're at home against Ole Miss. That, that's getting blown up. Like, you can't do that. And, you know, that's so dumb. Uh, I mean, and what's funny is, is – that's the same stuff he would do with us, like against Alabama. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but with this road. offense, like Auburn can't complete one forward pass, and he's going to ask him to complete two passes two. I, <laughs> I, with the backup yeah. quarterback. I think part of Auburn's problem too is they don't have. I mean, they, they can't have a quarterback throw. to begin with. They they can't throw, but they also don't have any good receivers. I mean, nope. they've got one player on offense, the Jarquez Hunter, and he's a decent sec running back's not a great yeah. one be serviceable and he broke a long run otherwise they don't really even they didn't sustain a drive all night uh, they're okay. so devoid of like i don't know how they got that untalented on offense it okay. happened quickly quick question because i did not think about this until like two days ago where in the world was jeremiah cobb in this game because i feel like up until 
the Ole Miss game, he was labeled as like a playmaker, like a versatile guy they can use. He's had 25 rushes, 23 rushes for 150 yards and a touchdown this year. And he's also, okay, three catches, 18 yards. But like they were using him in like multiple ways. He didn't have a touch in this game. Yeah. So like, I I mean, just he was in on the first play. Because I think he was the guy in motion, but I mean, credit to—is that Golding. the player that Freeze thought would have scored the guy in yeah, motion? So he had one imaginary touchdown, and then after that, he didn't do anything else. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, he was imaginary. He had a pretty good game. Yeah, <laughs> he was a non-factor. Um, I've talked about it on two shows this week. I mean, just hats off, round of applause, standing ovation for Pete Golding. And that defensive staff, I mean, they are playing as good as anybody right now in the SEC. Um, I know Auburn's bad, but you know, when you when you want to be an upper echelon SEC team, you got to beat bad teams the way you're supposed to beat them. Score may not be an indicator, but looking at the numbers, I mean, the defense right now is just playing as good as it can. At this point, they're fifth in the country in sacks, ninth in tackles for loss. They are getting every single thing out of every transfer Sunterian Perkins is playing great. Um, the linebackers are getting better. They're getting more pressure. I saw a stat earlier this evening that Dejon Anthony is tops in the country in um, incompletions. Believe, yeah. It was like forced incompletions by safeties. Uh, I think he has seven on the season. Um, I mean, that's, that's a guy that's first year in the system. They've got him up to speed and he's playing great. So um, a lot of focus goes on the offense with Dart and Judkins and, you know, the receivers and everything, but the defense has been awesome for the past four weeks. So with that, um, let's get into this week's game. Um, I mean, if there was a, if there's a better, let down look ahead sandwich spot around the country. I'd like to know because you just come off an emotional road win first time in 71 years to beat a team back to back. Now you come home night game sleepy against Vandy. And then you get to host a and M before the uh, big time test on the road against Georgia. I'll keep it short. Um, and then let y'all get after it because I've talked about it already this week. But I like Ole Miss. The game's never in doubt. It's handled. You get the win. Um, I still like Vandy to cover. Um, I'm thinking like a like a 41-20 win or like 38, you know, 60, something like 24 and a half. I think Vandy's going to get a garbage touchdown late because I think A.J. Swan is going to hit Will Shepard or – London Humphreys or something late, but I don't think it's ever in doubt. I think they handle business. That That's a ton of points for a, a team that I just don't expect will be playing. And, and you really can't expect them to play full out. They just came off of a pretty big road win, you know, against a, a, a team that they're trying to steal their coach. They've got a pretty big game next week against Texas A&M, an even bigger game the following week against Georgia. I, I mean, it's not like they're going to be let down and lose this game. I don't think that at all. But I just you can't play perfect every single week, and and really these next two weeks after this one, you got to be darn near perfect because uh, they you know still pretty talented. 
Uh, I don't expect us to cover, but I'm, I'm looking at that over-under there, and I, I'm going to go ahead and lock it in if you guys don't mind. It's oh. 63 and a half, and I'm locking in the under. I think this one's going to be sleepy. I think the defense is pretty good, and I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be able to score a ton of points on that defense, uh, even, you know, because I guess offense you can kind of play with a little malaise, but I don't really see that defensively. Uh, and I, I just don't think Vanderbilt's good enough to put up enough points. I, like you said, I mean, every score you mentioned is under 63 and a half. So I'm thinking it's going to be something like, I don't know, 35-17. Yeah, pretty, pretty comfortable under, honestly. My only rebuttal to that is Vandy's given up 40 to UNLV, 45 to Kentucky, 38 to Missouri, 38 to Florida, 37 to Georgia. So they're prone but, to give up like, a lot of points. But I get, I get last, the letdown. Look ahead. Let's spot. look at those last five games. They're all, you know, 57, 52, 59. You have to go back to Kentucky till they gave up, till the that game was scored in the 60 points. I just like, sure, yeah, sure. Okay, I, let's say we do exactly what Georgia did 37 20. Sounds good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, I think Ole Miss is just going to score because they're just bad. Yeah, but I, I get it out of that. Let down, look ahead. That yeah, it could be sleepy. I mean, if if Ole Miss is winning, thirty-one ten, no one cares. Zero people. No, we're getting out of there. Not here. Twenty-four and a half. Twenty-three and a half. Yeah, let me twenty-four pull up, and a half. Let me pull. Up I think Vegas that's really sharp. To uh, make sure. Let me hit. Let me hit refresh. Excuse me. Let me. Let me. Vanderbilt was leading last year at halftime, and Ole Miss still won by twenty-four. Uh-huh. Van, Vander, and that was a worse Ole Miss team than this one. And that was a that was that was the Jonathan Mingo NFL draft highlight real game. It was. Um, I think this line's really sharp. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from it, but I lean Ole Miss to cover. Simply because, like the 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 soup of the day is everybody saying that you know, and this isn't to to poke fun at you guys because it's literally across the board. Well, it'll be sleepy, and it's a look ahead spot, and they come came off a big win. Exactly everything that y'all just said, but I don't I don't really care about any of that. I think I'm not surprised at all if it's 38 to 13 and Ole Miss is covered. So. Uh, or forty eight twenty one and Ole Miss is covered. So uh, it's I, I have no analysis. I know nothing about Vanderbilt other than AJ Swan's a nice player. That's pretty much it. And I also they have a receiver that's had a really good year. I can't think of his name, but um, got one of their Shep- guys has got Shepherds. Like, Shepherds the NFL guy, and then they got a true freshman, London Humphreys. Yeah, Will Shepherd. Um, he's already got eight touchdowns on the year, and and you know almost 600 yards so i um anyway i i'll go with almost cover to be contrarian but i do think the line is sharp i think i'm with uh zach and nick here i i think vandy covers just because i this spot is so bad for us we're i, I can't imagine that we're very motivated here and kiffin sort of suggested exactly that in his press conference this week um last year in a similar spot we sort of accidentally covered with Matt Jones sneaking in late for the back door um, the year before in a very similar spot to this week. We did not cover. I think that number was like 27. It was, it was up there 24, 27, something Vandy was sandwiched between A&M and state. If y'all recall, we were going for our 10 win season. Uh, we went 31, 17. Uh, 
I think it plays out very similar to that game. I just think you're going to get a pretty uh, uninterested <laughs> Ole Miss football team for most of the game. Not that that will matter significantly because I think we're just that much better than Vanderbilt. But I do think Vandy can be a little feisty here. Against their last four SEC opponents, they put up 2014, 21, 28. So let's say they're anywhere from 17 to 21. I don't know that Lane's going to be motivated to get us into the 40s. So, you know, 38, 17, 38, 21, that feels right. Um, I trust our defense to just show up and do what they do. What I'm doubting is that our offense is going to be motivated to hang up a big number here. I think we're going to want to stay healthy. And we all know that, you know, Kiffin has the A&M game circled every year. So um, I don't, I, I think it's a little sleepy. I, I do. And I know, Ben, I, I get it, man. It's cliche and you hear it a lot week to week. But um, I don't think you can sustain the level of motivation um, and energy that we had going into Auburn and that we will no doubt have against A&M. I don't think you can just reproduce that week after week after week. And unfortunately, this Vanderbilt team is not so bad that I think we can accidentally beat them by 30. So, I don't know. Maybe they're feisty for a quarter. I expect us to, to handle business, but 25, 24 and a half, that's a, it's a big number. So, I, I'm saying 38, 20 reps. All right. Um, it is 24 and a half across the board at every yeah. book. Like I said, I think that's sharp. I do. I because every number y'all given, you, you could get a last minute pick six from Ole Miss and Ole Miss is covered. Well, yeah, yeah. and what we know, like I said last year, I said we accidentally covered. I mean, we know this. When even when Lane goes to the backups, we run our offense. I mean, if you put Spencer Sanders in and Matt Jones, like he's not putting them in to take a knee. We still run the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh that's the thing that I think will help. Ole Miss because yeah, whether it's Spencer Sanders or Walker Howard, they're coming in to run the offense and try to score. I mean, this isn't like a okay, guys, go in there and take the air of the ball. Yeah. Run it three times and punt. Like they're they're gonna just run the offense. So um all right, before we get into the uh SEC slate and the rest of our locks, uh, I do want to remind you this podcast is brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Go check out homefieldapparel.com. Check out the Ole Miss collection. And when you do, when you fill up that cart, before you hit checkout, put in promo code TOC23. You get 20, uh, 15% off on your first purchase. So whether you're uh, dipping your toe into a, maybe you're going to be a bomber jacket guy this fall and this winter, go get you a bomber jacket, get you a quarter zip, get you a hoodie, or if you just want some comfy T-shirts to wear around the house, maybe uh, throw on a comfy T-shirt and maybe a little flannel action before it gets too cold. Look no further than Homefield Apparel. The T-shirts are phenomenally just crafted. It's so comfortable. I wear them just about every single day. Um, no more comfort colors. No more heavy, boxy, you know, thick T-shirts. The stuff is breathable. Feels good, looks good. Check them out, homefieldapparel.com. And when you do, don't forget promo code TOC23. Okay, let's get into it. We got not a huge SEC on SEC slate this week, but uh, some intriguing games nonetheless. Kicking things off at 11 a.m. 
We mentioned the look ahead to the Aggies next week. They will have back-to-back 11 a.m. kicks this week and next week in Oxford. They will host South Carolina at Kyle Field on ESPN. Oh, boy, this is uh, not quite the game that it might have looked like on the schedule before the season get kicked off because South Carolina is uh, not very good. Um, they kind of refuse to let Spencer Rattler do his thing. He's their best player. He's the literally only reason they have two wins. And Dow Loggins just refuses to have any sort of creativity, and they are bad. Um, if they can't throw to Xavier Leggett, it's just a complete meltdown offensively. I, um, with that said, AM has been a mystery. They've had their ups and downs. It's it's been a Jimbo special. I mean, they've they've looked good at times. They've looked pretty mediocre at times. I still like them here in this spot. It's at home. It's gonna be loud. I I don't know if we're approaching quit territory with South Carolina yet, but I part of me thinks AM handles business. Another part of me thinks they're gonna do enough stupid shit to play around and make it close and maybe this is one last gasp effort for South Carolina and they lose a close one, but either way, I like A&M to win this one. If I can, if I knew South Carolina was not quitting and I, and I don't know that, but if I knew South Carolina wasn't quitting, I'd lock them in because I don't think this Texas A&M team is, is good enough to beat a lot of teams by this many points. I mean, they beat Auburn 27 to 10 and I just, ultimately think that South Carolina is better than Auburn if they're playing. I mean, Rattler is better than anyone on the offense for Auburn. Again, don't think South Carolina is great, but it took, you know, Auburn football being, you know, 88 yards passing or whatever they had against Texas A&M to lose by 17 points. Arkansas couldn't do it. You know, they hung in there with Bama a little bit, but they still, you know, the offense is just, it's just bad. It was bad last week against Tennessee. I just don't think they're doing a lot. Maybe South Carolina can cure that for them. But I think South Carolina's covering here. You're giving me the hook. I'm almost inclined to lock it in, but I don't trust South Carolina that much. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Look, I, the thing I take, like, that I noticed immediately, do y'all remember the number last week against Mizzou? South Carolina was only a seven-and-a-half-point dog to Mizzou yeah, at yeah. Mizzou. On the road. Another 14-and-a-half at A&M. You're telling me A&M is a touchdown better than Mizzou on a neutral? No. No. No way. That's, that can't be right. But I I think part of the problem is South Carolina is really banged up. Zach, do you know anything about – I think they're down to, like, backups at every wide receiver position, and they lost another offensive lineman maybe. So, I, I mean, I think we're, like – we're, we're way down the depth chart now for South Carolina. <laughs> I mean, they're running back. is <laughs> having a great year at SC. Um Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, they're playing quarterbacks at tight end. They're playing quarterbacks at running back. Um, their defense has gotten worse as the year's gone on. They had a defensive lineman quit this week. Um, it's not good. I mean, Beamer's kicking Gatorade coolers and breaking his foot. Yeah. It's, it's spiraling quickly. Like they've, I've, I've, you know, praised them for figuring out NIL and they're recruiting like hell right now. And Beamer's a likable guy. Players love to play for him. I think their staff is 
is young and, and, and recruits like that and, and all, but, but I mean, dude, like they are wasting a generational talent at quarterback. Yeah. So like, I mean, it feels like the result from last week is heavily priced into this number. Maybe some of those injuries are heavily priced into this number. I'm going to stay away from it. Like Nick, I, I just feel like two touchdowns plus the hook is asking a little much out of an A&M team that has been pretty anemic offensively uh, since the quarterback injury, you know, weeks ago. Um, I don't know. Maybe South Carolina just gets nothing going on offense. Maybe they turn the ball over and A&M sort of wins in a route. But uh, feels too big, gun to my head. I'd take the Gamecocks, but I'm going to stay away just not knowing where their heads are at and maybe even more importantly, how many warm bodies they're going to have on the field that are capable of uh, playing SEC football. Uh, Same here. I I think South Carolina covers here, um, and they've got the best player in Spencer Rattler, and uh, everything that y'all said is true. It's why I wouldn't lock it in either. But this number's too big. I don't, I don't understand this. But A um, and M, to Nick's point, where he said, I don't know that they're good enough to beat anybody this bad. The the issue is, is A and M's like, and Jimbo is this way. Is he may have won a lot of games as a coach in his career, quote unquote, but it seems like he always wins like 27 to 21. There, it does, there, man. It's very rare that it's a route. So I, uh, 14 and a half, I, I'll just take my chances with Carolina, but you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lock it in. Yeah. It's too volatile. Cause uh, like I I'll said, you I, this, I could, yeah. I could see, I could see AM getting it done somehow, but then I can also see Rattler just, you know, playing backyard ball and throwing for 350 and keeping a minute. So, so here's the deal. If they were to lose to South Carolina this week and come to <laughs> Oxford and get beat, that that's the death nail. I mean, that's four and five, two yeah. and four be, in the SEC. I don't, I mean, I know they've got a bunch of money, but his buyout's like what, 60 million or something? And more than that. I think it's more than that. Oh, they've already been, and, and who knows if this is. 100% accurate, but I mean, dude, are you going to doubt the money over there in College Station? But there are already people. The price of oil is going up. I mean, already, still a lot. They've already said that they've got people that'll pay it. But but then, like, who do you get? Yeah, that, that hurts. It does. I mean. they Think about who they've got higher in the next guy, too. Ross Bjork, he'll be. <laughs> who who knows, man? Maybe, maybe he'll go after Auburn's coach. Is. Does Ross Bjork get to make the next hire? Oh, it's a good question. Who all has he hired while he's been there? Well, I mean, they've got good coaches. Buzz Williams is good. Did he hire and, Buzz? Uh, I think he did. And then, yeah, uh, Slosh Slosh Nagel. Slosh Nagel. That's a really good hire there. Uh, yeah. So the thing is, is it's very difficult to make a bad hire when you've got that kind of money. <laughs> a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Slosh Nagel built the TCU baseball program to what it is. And he was like, yep, I'm leaving. Yeah. It'd be like him hiring Mike Bianco, literally. Are you looking at cutting your health insurance premiums by as much as 20 to 30%? Are you aging into Medicare and need help finding a Medicare supplement plan? 
Call Drew Moak of USA Benefits Group at 601-953-8449. Drew is an Ole Miss grad located in Mississippi and licensed in seven states. He works with the nation's second largest health insurance brokerage with access to 35 different carriers, and he can help you with any of your health insurance needs. From regular health plans to life insurance to dental and vision and even Medicare, he has it all covered. Now more than ever, it is critical to have a health insurance agent who is local and accessible. So call Drew Moak at 601 953-8449 and get your free quote today. Cooler temperatures are right around the corner and as I like to say, it's the perfect time to play a round of golf. And if you're looking for a premier golf course in Northwest Mississippi or the Memphis, Tennessee area, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club in Olive Branch, 15 minutes from the Memphis International Airport. With those cooler temps, you might want to stay warm and comfortable on the course this fall Go in the clubhouse and check out their new selection of outerwear from Travis Matthew and FootJoy, including FootJoy's new lightweight hoodie. This 18-hole par 72 course includes four sets of tees to accommodate all players and has 11 lakes, 52 bunkers, and the wide zoysia fairways and extra-large champion Bermuda greens and clean roughs make for an excellent opportunity every single time to post a number. If you need a premier golf experience in the Mid-South, go to Cherokee Valley Golf Club. Call them at 662-893-4444 or check them out, olivebranchgolf.com. All right, um, 2.30, CBS, Georgia, Florida. Right now I'm seeing as little as three and a half. I'm seeing four. I'm seeing four and a half. Uh, oh, nope. Stand by. That was FAU. Yeah, I don't think it's 14 and a half. 14 and a half. Uh, (laughs) I'm seeing 14. Hey, you you guys let me drive this thing. I don't know. I don't know why y'all do it. Bet, (laughs) uh, whatever it is, the Bet River, Bet Rivers has it at 14. Um, You probably want the hook here. I was kind of talking myself into like, well, this is the circle of wagons game for Georgia's offense. But as we were saying earlier, like, who is brought uh Jesus Christ came to think of his ugliest dude on the planet came to think of his name Carson Beck um, Carson Beck Jesus um who's he throwing to I mean is Lad McConkey healthy like is Ra Ra Thomas gonna have a career day there's no Brock Bowers I I just uh, this is a game where I think Georgia just kind of throws the helmet on the field and wins but I think Florida covers I'm not gonna lock it up or anything but I I do feel comfortable in saying that on this podcast because I think their front seven's pretty good. You know this is Napier's Super Bowl. He's gonna go all out for this one. Um and this game tends to be weird. I mean this was a weird one last year for like two and a half, three quarters, and then Georgia poured it on. Um <clears throat> we were actually watching this one at a bar in college station before walking to the stadium where half the bar was kind of waiting to walk to the stadium because we, you know, we were like, oh like is Georgia gonna lose? But um. Yeah, I, I think Florida can cover that, especially at fourteen and a half. I agree. Same reasons as South Carolina before. I uh, I just cannot trust Georgia to beat them by more than two scores. Um, and not only that, especially Florida's playing a little bit better. It may be a little bit of fool's gold because of who they played. I mean, really, their good win is at home against Tennessee, but. And that that's a that's a weird game. You know what's interesting to me here 
is the total opened at 58 and a half. It's been hammered all the way down to 47 and a half. Um, mm. That's a huge, huge move. And maybe one that I need to like come back to and take the over because it's moved 11 points. But uh, nevertheless, I like, I agree with you, Zach. I think Florida covers. Is that right on the total? It opened it that high? 58? 58 and a half. It also opened at Georgia minus 20 and a half, and it's down to 14 and a half. I wonder if those were like look ahead. Maybe that was like. That's a crazy swing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah, That could be preseason, but that's that's Vegas Insider. Yeah. 47 and a half, 48. Yeah. That's low. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm really tempted to go over here and lock in the over. I just, I, every week I think is this the week that Georgia's defense shows up and becomes the Georgia that we've grown accustomed to. And every week, you know, they, they sort of suffocated Kentucky, but Kentucky's been anemic all year on offense. Um, you know, Auburn put up 20 against Georgia. Vandy put up 20 against Georgia. They're not – they're good. They're really good, but they're not dominant like they have been years past. Mm-hmm. I, I think Florida could get into the 20s here especially off of a bye week. I mean, you know Napier is going to throw everything he's got at, at Georgia. I know Florida's not dynamic offensively, but Florida's played a much tougher schedule than Georgia has today. So, I mean, Georgia's got the better record and has better results, but Georgia hasn't played anybody, and Florida has. So, Georgia got the you know the better team, the better roster, the better dudes, but I, I think Florida hangs here. 47 feels a touch low. I think this is something like 31-21 Georgia. Agree. Yeah. I, so, and I'm, I'm, I'm flirting with taking locking in the over myself. That that just seems low to me. Yeah, and, and, and look, not to go against your point, I agree Florida has played a better schedule. But in the last, like, month, basically – Florida has played that classic like SECE schedule that we make fun of. They played Charlotte, okay, whatever, at Kentucky, Vandy, and at South Carolina. I mean, just a brutal stretch of nothingness that they've played, and they they beat up on Vanderbilt, sure. They lost to Kentucky pretty badly, and they snuck by South Carolina the game. You know, I'm, I'm not really sure you can, you know, say that they were the better team. They, they weren't great that, that, against South Carolina that week. I don't think they're going to keep this one close. I really don't. I think that Georgia, yeah, their defense still not like the Georgia defense that we've expected, but I think that Georgia is going to break into the 30s. I think they're keeping Florida in the mid to low teens. I just – I think that Georgia is going to kind of show us something here. I, th- I think that, yeah, you talked about fool's gold a little bit for Florida. Maybe that's what it is. I mean, again, they've got a pretty decent record, but that's kind of all it is. Five and two with without – you know, their best wins over Tennessee – who we, you know, obviously don't think is the greatest team after what they've done the last few weeks. I think Georgia's going to kind of show up a bit, finally. What's Georgia's best win? Oh, I don't think Georgia's got a great win at all. I mean, Georgia Georgia doesn't have any good wins. But, I mean, all they've got to do is beat them by two touchdowns and a field goal. And I I just – I mean, they've done that against Vanderbilt. They did it against Kentucky. They did not do that against – Auburn. I mean, they've you know two touchdowns and a field goal for this Georgia team. I, I just think we're we're seeing Florida's five and two record and thinking like, oh, four teams actually not that bad. But this four teams got a lot of losses still left on the schedule. LSU, yeah. Florida State, Georgia, 
just Georgia's um Georgia's best win has to just be Kentucky because they were ranked and you put up fifty one. Yeah, I think the margin against Kentucky makes it their best win. I I think you know by the end of the season we're gonna find out that Kentucky's not all that good, but I think you know I mean Georgia beat Kentucky's ass. I mean that was dominant. Um, that's what I keep you know we all keep waiting for that Georgia team to show up, and then they do that against Kentucky in the very next week. Vandy hangs for three quarters. Yeah, I don't understand. I guess people have to find something to talk about, but Graham Mertz is getting a lot of pub for being, oh, he's figured it out. Like, look at him. Look at him go. (laughs) Okay, he lit up Vandy, and he lit up South Carolina. And look, sure, ifs and nuts and, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades, it doesn't count. But, I mean, South Carolina had that game wrapped up and gave that it was to Florida it. at the yeah. very end. And I know That's he's one of the still worst collapses this season. To give up 15 in the fourth quarter. I think they were both of those drives in the fourth quarter were less than five minutes. Yeah. And Florida converted like two fourth and double oh, digits. Dude. Like, yeah. They ran like it was like a fourth and like eleven or twelve, and they ran like a four yard route and got the first down. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. He still completed you know thirty of forty eight or whatever for four hundred plus, but I mean that's a South Carolina team that is just sucks. So I'm not ready to crown Graham Mertz as this guy that's figured it out, especially against Georgia. Um. Look, we talk about Napier. He's going to be ready. It's a Super Bowl, whatever. That does Kirby and them are going to be ready too, because you kind of feel like Kirby. He's a. I feel like he's a bit of a realist, and he's going to be kind of old school and hard nosed. But they've got to get some things sorted out before that November 11th game against Ole Miss. And that's not me saying that Ole Miss is going to go in there and run it up or you know, whatever, but look, if we're just being real, you've got Florida neutral site and you've got a ranked Missouri at home, which is a damn good Missouri team. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Ole Miss at home. So that's back-to-back top 20 SEC games at home. And then you go at Tennessee. They need to figure something out, especially with Brock Bowers out, because that's why this 14 and a half gives me such pause because I, I what are they? They don't have a Nick Chubb. They don't have a, you know, DeAndre Swift. They don't have a dude back there that we can just they can just turn and hand hand it off to thirty five times. They don't have that. So they're gonna have to get. I mean, <laughs> Mike Bobo is gonna have to figure something out. Which good <laughs> luck. But it's weird. It's weird to. You know, they're still number one until someone knocks them off. I get it. Kirby's a good coach. They've got talent everywhere, but they're running out of time to figure it out. Like, they're going to get caught slipping if they don't figure it out. All right. um, Speaking of figuring things out, 230 SEC Network, Mississippi State goes to Auburn. (laughs) Jesus. Um Mississippi I'm gonna State sneak in right here before we go, and I'm going <laughs> to okay. lock in the under. Uh, I don't know what the number even is, but I'm going to take it. Seventeen uh, and a half. 
the total um, 47 is... and a half. It's the same as Georgia. What? Nope. Oh, you can 40, get 43 you and can get 43 and a half. It's as low yeah. as 41 and a half. Yeah, I want under 43 and a half. Lock me in there. I mean, good Lord, man. Uh, game of the week. Last week, Mississippi State at Arkansas. Just, I mean, like just two kids with pillowcases full of bars of soap, and then every time they go to swing, all the bars of soap go flying out. Um, it was so bad. It was so hard to watch. Um, I think we can officially say Arkansas has quit. Um, they looked it bad. It cost they, me a lot. To be honest with you, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, they. I, I did not see I, I was, that coming at all. I was with I, you. I, I, I remember when you made that pick, and I said that was a good pick. I thought they had at least one more in them at home. The crowd was not good. I think there were some boo birds out early. Dan Enos got fired because of it. Just awful. But I don't know about y'all. Kind of feel like Mississippi State wins outright. Yeah, uh, I don't necessarily disagree here. And here's why, because because freeze his shtick, you he's got. I mean, this goes without saying. Most coaches, I don't know how he can rally the troops when they've been beaten down to the point that they have, and now he's like calling guys out in press conferences. Yeah, what the hell uh, is that? It's a bad look, man. It's a bad look. I I think that you know state has a little bit of momentum coming off a road win at Arkansas. Now, I will say this, though. It would be very difficult to travel to Fayetteville, win, travel home, practice, travel to Auburn, and win. I mean, that's a that's a brutal 14-day stretch or 10-day, whatever, 8-day stretch. But, but you know, it. I, I, I'll take State that went out right. I mean, I'm not going to lock anything in, you know, with them plus 6.5, but I, I like them in this spot. Auburn is – uh, we talked about this before the show, or maybe it was on the show. Auburn is bad. Like Ole Miss had no business being a that being a one. It wasn't. A, it was really a two score game, but it really felt like more of a three or four score game with the difference in yardage and success rate on plays. I mean, Auburn was the benefactor of a bad Jackson Dart throw, and then they and a muffed um, field goal, and then a. I mean, it was like. Everything that could go a eleven yard punt, I, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Penalties, for penalties. I mean, yeah. On one drive early on, almost ended up scoring a touchdown. But the first early drive. On, on one drive, Junkins ran for twenty five yards on first down, came back for holding, then ran for yeah. twenty one yards and almost got the first down. Yeah, and so uh, and back to back plays. So you know, a lot of penalties and and almost still. So I mean, and and frankly, Auburn started. I don't know how if it was very obvious on TV, and Nick may may or may not have noticed this. the The boo birds are coming out for them already. Hey, there were there were a couple of play calls that Freeze made because he's so limited in what he could do on offense. They like ran it up the gut, down two scores, and their fans started booing. Now they also started hitting the exits down two scores because they know two scores is like six scores for them. So you know this is going to be a close game, daytime game favors the away team to me um like i said state having a little momentum i i mean it's anybody's game and it's gonna both teams aren't very good right now so but i'll take the bulldogs 
I think you've got to take State plus the points here. I mean, I'm not going to lock it in, but can Auburn beat anybody by seven at this point? I, I don't. Now, look, State no. was was no. inept on offense last week too. I don't. You know, let's not get it twisted. 205 total yards for State, one for ten on third down. They had ten first downs in the game. I mean, it was bad. They threw for 85 yards against Arkansas and somehow won the game. Um, I don't think they can do that again and cover. They're going to have to do something offensively. I, again, I, don't, I don't think Auburn's going to get into the 30s or anything against them, but Auburn can get like 24, 27 against the state secondary. So I think state's going to have to figure something out on offense, but I, I just, these are two really, really bad football teams and seven just feels like a ton of points. And what I consider to be a, a coin toss. This is like an yeah, uh, You're exactly absolutely right. But I mean, Ben said this earlier. I'm not sure if you said it on the podcast or said it to me, but I mean, you know, MSU going and winning two, you know, road games in a row like that is it's kind of uncharacteristic of MSU. I mean, how often have they won at teams yeah. like Arkansas and at teams like Auburn, especially, you know, in the same season, but much less in, in consecutive weeks. At the same time, you don't need them to win for them to cover. This Auburn team, I, I don't know if they've given it given up or, or are they owing are they owing five in the SEC? Oh, and something four or five. Yeah. So, Arkansas? I mean, at this point, you know, a bowl is, is out of the question because they've still got, you know, some, some losses left on the schedule for Auburn. I don't know what they're playing for. Last week, we, you know, I don't know if they're playing for the love of the guy next to him or what last week, but it didn't help <laughs> much. So, no, yeah, Arkansas, is, Arkansas is over. Over five. No, Auburn, excuse me. Oh, Auburn is uh, oh and four. Yeah, oh and yeah. four. Here's the funny the thing about that, though, Nick. Here's the funny thing about it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. There is a path to bowl eligibility for for Auburn. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Seven wins. Yeah, they've got State, Vandy, and Arkansas, and New Mexico State on the schedule. So, I, you know, they may still be. They win all those games. I, I don't know. They're seven and five. Yeah. Here's the. Here's another thing that's kind of wild. Our our buddy Stephen Hartzell from College Sports Now was saying before the season that he thinks Vandy wins more games than Auburn this year. Yeah. <laughs> He's not far off right now. Auburn's three and four. Vandy's two and six. And look, there is a path for Auburn to win, you know, three or four games, but there's also a path for them to lose a bunch too. I mean, if you told me they lost to Mississippi State, um, lost to Arkansas somehow, and they got drilled by Bama, I mean, that's mm -hmm. totally feasible. And look, freeze jokes aside, and there are plenty, this is a coaching mismatch here. Uh, Arnett was kind of in a similar weight class last week against Dan Enos and Sam Pittman, but Arnett against Freeze and Ron Roberts, that, that's Ron Roberts. That's a – like – Freeze and that staff at home against this Mississippi State staff, that's kind of a that's kind of a mismatch. Yeah, and I don't, I, you know, I don't think that MSU is going to come out. Or let me rephrase: I don't think that Auburn is is great really defensively, but at the same time, um, I don't I don't see where MSU scoring. I my my question, and I love to sit down with someone in Las Vegas, and again, I know that this is not like their job to actually explain how points are going to happen and i'd love to say tell me how these teams get to 43 points this week 
because I'm thinking it's like a 14 to 10 game. I, I just think it's going to be it's ugly. An Iowa and this, they're it's counting an Iowa. some defensive scores, or maybe the offense is so bad that there's some short fields, which is possible. I could see, you know, a shanked punt. We ha- we saw that last week, or just a good punt return and multiple drives start inside the 40. But short of that, I I don't see it at all getting close to the 40s. It's let's hope for a Ooh. three-two, another three-two. Yeah, I mean that, the original three-two. So that'd be awesome. That's what I'm saying. Like that, this is is perfect. It's setting up perfectly for three-two. Was two this the 15-year anniversary? Is it? That was yeah. 08. 15. Some, it was 2008, some, I believe. Some quick math. Jesus. Yeah, I was yeah, there. So, the, I was there in the end zone before it got bowled in. Ooh. So, we so um, <laughs> <laughs> let me. Have y'all seen the points for and points against in conference play among the teams? Mm-mm. State has been outscored by 53 points in SEC play. Auburn has been outscored by 61 points in SEC play. <laughs> 61. That's almost as bad as Vandy's 75. But um, um, Ole Miss, 3-1 in the conference, has outscored its opponents by six points. Contrast that with LSU that's outscored its opponents by 64. Jeez. Now, Ole Miss has not had the benefit of playing Vanderbilt yet or, you know, some other programs, but that's uh, that tells you how narrow the margin is for us. Yeah, that's pretty sobering. Yeah, I mean, Alabama's outscored its conference opponents by 60, LSU by 64, Ole Miss by six. Well, I mean, we haven't. We, we haven't beaten anybody badly yet. Of course, in hell, again, we haven't played Vanderbilt, but I mean, every single game has been a game in the fourth quarter. So, what you want about Auburn, it was still, you know, tight. And obviously, they had a chance with an onside kick to get the ball back and be down just one score. It, every single game, we, I look forward to Saturday where hopefully in the third and fourth quarter, we can just throw it in neutral. And I think the reality is, too, is the time of the year that we played all of these teams and like, you don't get Arkansas after they've quit that Arkansas team needed the win in Oxford. So you got their best shot. And then you, I mean, that's no excuse, but it's just the reality of it. You beat LSU like Ole Miss has played both Alabama and and LSU. The, Mm -hmm. the two teams theoretically ahead of only because LSU's played one more SEC game ahead of Ole Miss in the standings in the, in the West right now. And so you you've not played um AM, State, Vandy, Georgia. And, you know, so we'll see. I mean, not that it really matters what, what the points for and against are, but it is kind of a an eye-opening stat. It's like, wow, you know, especially when your loss is just by 14 points. It's yeah. not like Bama beat us by 38, and then we, you know. It's like every game's close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We have got moving on to the night cap in the SEC. We've already talked to Andy Ole Miss. So the lone SEC game here, number 21, Tennessee at Kentucky, six o'clock ESPN. This one to me seems like, let me get the, spread pulled up um yeah i feel like the wrong team's favored here tennessee giving three and a half 
it's at Kroger Field at night. I feel like Kentucky is in a better spot here, and I'm not even saying that Kentucky's just a flat-out better team than Tennessee. The Vols look good for two-and-a-half quarters last week and then just couldn't get it done, ran out of gas against Alabama. I don't know. I As, as a podcast full of dads here, I, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Um. <laughs> I thought Tennessee would be better this year. Um, they are. And look, before Brew McCoy went down for the year, they were much better offensively. And just Joe Milton is just so erratic and just unpredictable. It's I, for some reason, I just feel like this is a Ray Davis special. This is a, you know, they're just going to lay on them and lay on them and lay on them and just, beat them into submission with the run game. And I don't think Tennessee's going to be able to answer with anything. I think Kentucky's going to play solid defense at home. I like Kentucky to cover, maybe win outright. What about y'all? You know, Kentucky's – were they on a bye last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tennessee yep. had to play at Alabama. It's just a tough schedule issue for Tennessee because in the Kentucky locker room, they're still playing – against Big Brother this weekend, mm-hmm. and they're going to give it their best shot. Tennessee's coming off a game where they lost to Big Brother, so you're looking at an emotional hangover. I uh, I like Kentucky to cover, too, I, but I think Tennessee has, has the clear better team. This is just more of the spot in the, in the schedule. I think Tennessee could sneak out of there with a win, but I'll take the points at home. Yep. Spot screams Kentucky, not just because Tennessee just got kicked in the nuts in Tuscaloosa, also because last year Tennessee beat the shit out of Kentucky in Knoxville, 44-6. Yeah. to six. You have to think Stoops and company are going to remember that one, want this one badly. As Ben said, they always want this game badly. They kind of think of themselves as a rival of Tennessee. I know Tennessee fans do not share that view at all, but Kentucky wants to beat Tennessee year in, year out badly. So – you know, in Lexington, I think it's going to be a tough venue. And it, you're asking a lot of Tennessee to get off the mat after a loss like that last weekend. Plus, Milton is just not hooker. He's just not. Their offense is not dynamic. They cannot go downfield like they uh, could last year. And their run game has been pretty good, but they really stalled last week against, you know, maybe the best front seven in the SEC. Kentucky's front seven is not as good as Bama's, not even close. But I think Stoops can draw some stuff up to slow down Tennessee's rush game. If you make Milton win the game, I don't know that he can do it. So I, I think it's a tight game either way. Three feels super sharp. I, I, somebody coin toss. I don't know, 27-24, somebody. All right. I just think the line here is too little. I think that Tennessee is not great. We saw what they did last week after getting up against early on Alabama absolutely nothing but and again you can't take out the game if you could you know we'd take out the Alabama game off our schedule but if you could take out the Florida game off of Kentucky's schedule our last four weeks are uh win over 17 against Vanderbilt or last three weeks I lost by 38 at Georgia and they were up 14 nothing I believe at home against Missouri and then lost 38 21 so that would be like a 38 to 7 run by Missouri who's who's good but again you know at home uh, in Lexington, they they outscored thirty eight to seven in that game. I do not think Kentucky is very good at all. 
I saw them last year in Oxford. They were ranked seventh. Ole Miss came out, didn't really play it's like a, the greatest game ever and won. And I think the, the shine wore off Kentucky a little bit for me uh, with that game. I've just not been in love with them at all. I think Mark Stoops is, I don't want to say over like extremely overrated because, you know, what he's done at Kentucky is still impressive because it's Kentucky. But he has no shine for me at all. I just am not in love with Kentucky. They get all this love because it's like a tough job, and he's done a pretty good job up there. I think he's done a good job, but not nearly as good of a job as his, as his you know, people that praise him have talked about. I don't think Kentucky's very good. I think I'm I'm almost inclined to lock Tennessee up here, not based on Tennessee, more based on Kentucky just being flat-out average this year. I'm not Every lock time Nick I, I opens his mouth – Every time he opened his mouth about Kentucky just then, he just got pr- more progressively like, yeah. I think outrageous. Kentucky talks shit. Yeah. Like, I've, I've got nothing for, be like got nothing Stoops for Stoops. I just, he gets, yeah. I don't know like, why he gets like – ultimately, every single team in the SEC bar Vanderbilt doesn't suck anymore. Like if you go look at Bill, Bill C's SP Plus rankings, every team in the SEC is in the top 50. The days of, of – like bad SEC Kentucky teams being like, you know, two and 10, 0 and 8 every year. That's over with. Vanderbilt's the only team like that anymore. So I think Kentucky, like, yeah, Stoops has done a good job, but also think he just happens to be the coach of, of the Kentucky team that has a shit ton more money than everyone else <laughs> does now. Like, they're and like, furthermore, they, Adolph Rupp was mid. <laughs> I mean, if y'all have ever been to Rupp Arena, not actually that nice. Large Arena, not that nice. <laughs> My goodness. I'll, I'll circle back on this. I'm just saying, I, I think he just happens to be, you know, at a very rich place. Decent after coach. All that, after all that slander, and you're still not going to lock up the balls? Let me, I got to see what else is out there. There may be a, a North Texas against Tulane game out there that I got to pick. <laughs> I'd love to see what else is out Two there. Tulane's laying 10 and a half at Rice, by the way. <laughs> like, if you there's going to be a mid show revelation of games that Nick didn't know. Her. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't touch a Rice game. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. 
because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Are we ready for some locks? Let's do it. Yep. We've got two on the board. Um, Austin, I can go ahead and get one on the uh, board here if you feel so inclined to let me fire one off first. Yeah, go. <sighs> I'm going to probably regret this, but um, actually, let me get my let me get my gimme in first. I'm going to lock in James Madison minus 19 and a half. Oh, man. I, I wish so badly the Dukes could play in a chief and a near six bowl game. I was saying like, I would love for, I would love nothing more than both JMU and air force to run the table and play in a new Year's six bowl. Just, Have we picked James Madison every week this year? I think so. If we haven't, we're morons. Cause all they do is cover. Uh, I picked them. We missed it in week three, six. Week three, week four. Zach picked them week five. We did we not missed, have them week six. We missed them a couple times, but I had them week seven. <laughs> and they've covered I, every one of these, <laughs> every single one of them. I just think they're really good. Oh, they um, are really good. I think that line is a little big. They're probably going to cover it, but. But the book is catching up. I mean, they're they're starting to almost, you know, extend or spread those lines out because I'm telling you, man, like James Bass, you, you cover every single week. They're just going to start tacking points onto it. And yeah, the I market is definitely big. catching up. But I still do they cover here. But, yeah, you're right. The market is definitely starting to price in their domination. Yeah. Yeah, old, old dirty minion I don't think is going to put up much of a fight here. Um and I just think they're good. It's homecoming in Harrisonburg. It'll be a big to-do. Um, yeah, give me the Dukes. I'll ride them again. They've been good to us. I like it. So last week I made the mistake of dipping my toe in the water on a marquee game. I'm going to try to avoid games that people give a shit about this week. So let's start with Connecticut and Boston College. Uh, Boston College laying 13 and a half to UConn. That is way too low. Boston College has one of the most explosive rush offices in the country. You kind of can't stop a nosebleed on that side of the ball. Um, BC fresh off of an ass whipping of Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech last week. It feels like things are clicking at the right time for BC. So anything under two touchdowns just feels way light for me. I I think this is like forty-two thirteen. I can get you fourteen. Come on. I'm looking at a 13 and a half. Where? Like where you can actually fire on a number to bet it. All right. I'll take your word for it. I don't think it's going to matter. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the screen here. It's 14s and 14 and a half. What does DraftKings have? Do we have DraftKings? 14 and a half. The 14 I'll take, is. I'll take the 14. Bet 365. In, in, in Zach's defense here. It is 14 on Vegas Insider. Now, if you can find a 13 and a half, I'll trust you. But, but yeah, I'm not saying uh, you're lying, but yeah, 
Yeah, go ahead and out your bookie, please. Also. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so you, guys you guys know how this works, right? Like, uh, yeah. Now, give me the fourteen. I don't, I don't think, think you're. Gonna, I don't think the hook is going to matter here. I'm with you. If it matters, we're playing the game under protest, so I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> All right. right, what can you guys get me, if you don't mind looking, and, and maybe I should go with Austin here to give me the better number. Uh, what can you guys get me in Lexington? <laughs> a three flat. Three flat? Yeah. Oh, That's what I see, but hold, hold on, though. Hold on, though. <laughs> Zach, what you got? Right, I'm going to send a screenshot <laughs> so everybody knows we're on the same page. I get you three and a half. Oh. Oh, it's a really yeah, I large. I don't see three. I don't see three either. You, oh, you're paying, we're paying a half point premium on this book. That Zach. Yeah, sheesh. I, I I will say this: it may not matter in Austin's. It might matter in mine, but for the fact that you know there's a stoops on the sidelines, so I don't think it's going to matter. Give me the Vols. I don't. I'm, am I wrong in saying that Tennessee could still see like they could still win the SEC East, right? They could, yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so. They're playing for their SEC East lives, if you will, this week against Kentucky. They've got it all all to play for still. So they can get that rematch against Alabama and their offense. Wait, no, they can't. Silent. They can't. Well, they'd have to they need some help. We'd have to beat Georgia. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Like I said, they're playing for their lives because that's mm-hmm. happening. So give me the vols, minus three and a half. I hate that I have to give the hook there. Whatever. Minus three and a half, Tennessee. Okay. I mean, we've picked crazier games, for being honest. Uh, all right. So, who's next? Ben. Who's I don't next? care. This is a stupid pick, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's the bottom of the Sun Belt. Ugh. And I'm going to take Appalachian State to cover against Southern Miss 16 and a half. Man, I thought I wanted that. Yeah, I'm going to lay, lay 16 and a half with Appalachian State against USM. Appalachian State's not any good either. I mean, they're, they're in fact very bad. They're I think they're DFL in the Sun Belt East, whereas Southern Miss. But the problem is, is Southern Miss is extraordinarily bad, and so um, and they've quit. I don't know how I don't know how Will Hall gets them back, frankly. Um, but I'm going to well, lay he's those. Done. Yeah, I, I think Dick's right. I think he's he's going to be somebody. Offensive coordinator or something. Yeah, yeah. So you're laying 16 and a half? Yep, 16 and a half. Okay. Good pick. App, App State at home in Boone. They get a win, App State needs a win for last week. Yeah, yeah. And Southern, what, they have like 18 yards of offense last week or something? Oh, my God. They, get, they were awful. Yeah, fade, fade the mustard buzzards every week. Um. Okay. Does Southern have to play JMU? James Madison would be Southern Miss <laughs> seventy points. I don't know. Uh, let's. Southern does play State, so that'll be. They a would not be Southern game. as bad as JMU would. No, no, no. They have a better chance of beating State than they do JMU. They oh, do yeah, not. They do not play JMU. But they do play. Southern's Troy only win was is a twenty six point win against Alcorn State. We can continue. Sorry, 
They're FCS and and I mean the, like five. Oof. Mm. That's brutal. Good. God. FCS and six. All right, I'm going to really swack and six. Yeah, this exactly. Is... <laughs> I'm going to. Mm. No, fuck. If you got one, go. I... Yeah, so in keeping with the theme of staying away from marquee games, let's go to Purdue and Nebraska. Uh, so mm. let's see. Nebraska is down two starting offensive linemen, two of their – Purdue and three... who? Nebraska. Nebraska? Yeah, how is this line so little? Two of their three running backs are gone. They're down two starting wide receivers. Purdue's off a bye. Nebraska could not put away Northwestern last week. I watched way too much of that game. Boiler up. Give me Purdue. What's the number? Please tell me it's three. Two and a half. I'll yeah. take the two and a half. I wish it was three, but give me the two and a half with Purdue. <laughs> yeah, I see two and a half as well. I yeah, okay. You, you you I'm glad you got that before me because I looked at this number and I just I don't think like Nebraska is, is all that bad. Though I will say, I mean, I in fairness to Purdue, they're coming off two pretty – I think they played Penn State and Iowa their last two games, so there's yeah. definitely a step down in who they're having to play. But, man, I would have taken would have taken Nebraska in this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you knew more than me. Yeah, they're they're walking wounded right, right now. And last week, again, I watched, like, way too much of the Northwestern game. They could not put away Northwestern, who is abysmal. So, uh, give me Purdue. I think Purdue has a pulse. Hudson Card's actually healthy, slinging the ball around a little bit. I think with a week off and a week to prepare for this anemic offense, Purdue can win outright. All right, I'll take the next one if you guys don't mind. Uh, Speaking of games that, again, you probably should, you know, not the marquee games. Uh, Last week, what were we thinking not taking the under in Air Force Navy? Eh, That was on us. You know, again, we had a tough week last week. That's on us. I am not going to let two weeks in a row go by without taking Air Force. They are 12-and-a-half-point favorites to Colorado State. Colorado State, a lot better than they have been. I think in the last couple of years, they were one of the worst teams in, like, all of football or all of you know D1 football. Uh, they're not that bad this year. But this Air Force team, they're 7-0. and uh, They're beating up on teams. They beat Navy last week, 17-6. They beat Wyoming, who was pretty decent the week before. Uh, you know, dog San Jose State, dog San Diego State. And I've said this before, once that offense gets rolling, if you can't stop it, it's like the game will never end. And I just think that they're – Colorado State's going to struggle this week. It's in, it's at Colorado State, interstate rivalry. I get that. But, you know, 12 and a half, I'm thinking that you know, this Air Force offense, pretty good. They're putting up mid-40s points, and I'm thinking they're holding Colorado State into the 20s. So you're laying yeah, late 12 and a half, yeah. Okay, okay. Did y'all see how that game played out last week with Navy, Navy and Air Force? Did anybody pay attention to that beat? It no, was, I, I did not see it. It was awful. Navy is basically covering the entire game. Air Force throws like a 90-yard touchdown pass. Air Force throws a 90-yard touchdown pass. Okay, Navy still has a shot to cover. They drive down the field with like under a minute left. They score. And go for two, a meaningless two-point conversion. They don't get the two and don't get the cover. Wait, the the two-point conversion would have made it a a nine-point game. 
Yes, there was no so, reason to go for two. None. It, there's literally no reason to go for two other than, oh my gosh. Yeah, go for two and end up blowing the cover. The the number was ten and a half. They lose seventeen to six. Unbelievable. Brutal beat. For two to it's, make it um, one game, you got to do it. You have to. Matt Luke just nodding in approval somewhere. So I had some pause. I, I was really wanting to go thundering herd on the road because I do not think Grayson McCall is playing for Coastal, but. I don't want to get caught in like a, you know, rally the troops, everybody play for Grayson McCall and take an L there because Marshall's not great. They put up a fight last week against JMU. But I'm going to go ahead and put my big boy pants on since y'all are staying away from the marquee games. And I'm going to go ahead and do it, laying six and a half with Oregon at Utah. Um, Everything yeah, like went Everything went right for Utah last week. I, maybe I'm a little pissed off from last week because SC didn't cover the seven. I thought for sure they would be able to outscore Utah, who, I mean, I mean who's the quarterback? It, I keep wanting to say Bucky Barnes, like from Captain America. but Is it like Bryson Barnes or something like is that? Is his name Bucky Barnes? I think it's... Bryce, I, I don't know. It is Bryson. You're you're correct. Yeah. Um, it, it was always Bryson Barnes. I mean, it's an LDS <laughs> guy. Um, he had the game of his life. Caleb Williams. I mean, I think SC is about to go on a skid because they're getting into the meat of that Pac-12 schedule, and they just cannot stop anyone. And when Utah is running up, what what do they score? Forty something. I mean. They annihilated. 34, SC. yeah. Yeah. With, with a uh, safety playing running back. <laughs> yeah. I, Oregon's damn good. I, I don't think that, I don't think we're talking about that enough. I know they, you know, played with their food a little last week. They didn't cover for me, but I feel like they're going to go in to Rice Eccles and get it done. I think that Utah's probably going to be dealing with a little bit of a hangover from the SC game and how well they played. And I, I think Oregon actually has a defense and Dan Lanning's going to be ready because they need to run the table and get to that Pac-12 title game to stay in the college football playoff conversation. Bo Nix, I don't know if you guys saw this. He is now the most experienced quarterback ever in the history of college football. Um, I think he started like his 50 sixth game 57th game or something last week so most starts all time um i just think they're good bucky irving's a great running back the james kid that backs him up is good they've got good wide receiver play their offensive line is phenomenal i, I know utah is 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 captain put the paws on you but i like oregon to win it's only a give me a touchdown and you get it done so um i like the ducks in this spot I don't think Utah can score here. You know, we said the same last week, but USC's defense and Oregon's defense are two different animals. So Rice Eccles scares me, you know, a little bit. Maybe <clears> the <throat> biggest yeah. home field advantage in football. But Oregon is just better at the, mo at the most important position on the field, like significantly better with Bo Nix. Mm -hmm. All, All right, right, so I'm either, I'm either going to lay 10 with Oklahoma at home against Kansas 
or I'm going to lay 20 and a half with, or 20 on the road with Florida state at wake. And I don't, I can't decide. I was close. I was, that was one I was also looking at earlier with FSU because wake is bad, but yeah, I'm just going to do that. Let's do Florida state. Who's Florida state got next week? Do I just play the big game last week against Duke? Don't they have Clemson coming up soon? No, they've already played Clemson, right? They've already played Clemson. Don't they? Well, yeah. Then yeah, I go with Miami. I I don't actually hate Kansas. I, I was I consider that it's one of my locks. So I, I would tell you to go with Florida State. Yeah, Florida State plays at Pitt uh, next week after the weight game. They uh, and then they host UNA in week eleven or twelve before the Florida game. UNA went from playing being Delta State's rival to playing in Tallahassee in a span of about five years. It's a Cleveland and Florida State got uh, Cleveland Tallahassee got a lot more in common than you realize. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I look, I don't have a lot here. Wake Forest is not very good. I mean, they got they got beat pretty bad by like Georgia Tech. They got beat, you know, the the only thing that gives me pause with the weight is they got hammered by Virginia Tech, who is terrible. Um, the only thing that gives me pause is they played Clemson really close. But Florida State is on a one-way, you know, track to the playoff. I don't see them taking any any weeks off. I'm not I'm not concerned with look ahead spots with them. So I'll lay them. They've been they've been pretty damn good this year of finishing people off late too. Oh yeah, and I can get twenty, so I want I want twenty. You got the yep. Ben and they Rivers. also have Keon Coleman, who would look. Oh, great that's right. I forgot about that guy. Rebels. There's our Keon Coleman spot for the for the week. Cross it off the bingo card. All right. Um, this is a this is a fun week. Um, I am going to go. Full sicko mode here. Now I'm gonna go to the Mac. I feel like I, I pick a lot of favorites every week. I need to spice it up and get somebody to win outright or you know cover a small number, make it easy on myself. I am going to go to Ypsilanti, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna take Eastern Michigan to fly high. The Eagles. Closer and closer to the sun, but they're going to get it done against the Western Michigan Broncos plus three at home. Western Michigan is really bad. They are two and six on the year. So give me the Eagles plus three to get it done. Is this a rivalry or like how does central Michigan play in the Like who hates who more? Yeah, I was going to say, this has got to be like a directional Michigan rivalry. I think Central and Western are is the biggest of the Oh, rivalries. this is okay. – so they play for the Michigan MAC trophy. So Those Central, three schools? Yeah, Central Michigan, okay. Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. Gotcha. So that is an actual trophy that they play for. Um, It looks like the Broncos – 
<laughs> so this is from WMUBroncos.com. Broncos begin quest for Michigan Mac trophy on Saturday at Eastern Michigan. Um, yeah, Western's one and four in the Mac. Eastern's two and two. Um, it it's also the on... last weekend they'll play on Saturday, I believe. I think they they all have most of the Mac schools have next week off, and then they start with you know the Maction. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just Wait. when that like it, it gets like forty degrees outside and rainy and windy, that's when they start going to midweek. Games. Yeah, like a really if you actually think about it, like a very very interesting choice. Hey, let's wait until November, yeah. and then we'll play every single game at 7.30 p.m. Yeah. Why is this game – hold on. Let me double-check this. This game – okay. Is there a weird. colder that place a... to play college football than Mount Pleasant, Michigan? Can't be. There was a typo on Western's website. I mean, it said that, Mount it Pleasant – this... oh, man. That's so far north. And it's in between two Great Lakes. I bet it is freezing there. Yeah. Their Western's tripping. Their website said this game was in Athens, Ohio. Somebody hit copy and paste on the wrong thing. Um, it is in Rodnearson Ron, Ron, Ron Stadium. Um, which, if you, if you need to remember, that's on the gray <laughs> turf up there, baby. Yeah, that's a tough watch, man. Tough watch. Yeah. And they got a yeah. and they got a they got a track around that bitch too. The upper deck on one side has like an eagle, like an eagle's face into the seats. Like if you got a drone shot, it's pretty cool. I'll send it to you guys. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So that's my three. Austin, you got one more. Yeah, I. Uh... I'm considering nobody locked in Florida and Georgia over, did they? Nope. Because I'm I'm considering circling back to that. I'm either going to do that, or I'm really going to go dumpster diving here and take New Mexico against Nevada. Who the hell is Nevada to be laying points to anybody? It's I, I don't understand that at all. But are the two and are they two and five? I they're laying. <laughs> they're laying one. Yeah. But I know it's just one, but how can they be favored against anybody? Yeah, I agree. Death that's taxes just, and Austin hating Nevada. That's just Dude, cheeky. They're one cheeky and six. Vegas. New Mexico is three and four. Nevada's home field advantage. There is there's no such thing as a home field advantage in Nevada. Like that's a that's a stupid number. But let me go with over in Florida, Georgia. Over forty seven. I just think both teams Golly, I like the Nevada twenties. Um yeah, like last last week, y'all let me step over Arizona State. Well, let me step over Arizona State to take Army against LSU, and look at what happened. So this week, I'm stepping over New Mexico in favor of Florida Georgia over 47. So hopefully, we'll get a. I can get your 42. We we don't talk enough about how little LSU respected the troops. Yeah, I really really underestimated how big of a dick Brian Kelly is. Never again. I told y'all he doesn't like the troops. I just, I didn't realize anyone could just like hate the troops though, and and yeah. yet there we were. Did it, weren't they like still running offense like up forty two nothing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, got to get that Jaden Daniels Heisman train going. Um, Austin Smith at 
Eastern Michigan has thrown for 1,103 yards and six touchdowns this year. Good to know. <laughs> Five picks, too. Just in case you're wondering. I'm going to be locked in the ESPN Plus watching that one. Yeah, that was right. so one, two. I had two weeks in a row. I took all heavy favorites. Yeah, I've only really had a couple weeks where I took underdogs, but all right. It's a good slate this week. Like I was I was looking hard at uh Ben, you kind of you kind of shit on Virginia Tech earlier. I, I think they figured something out with Kyron Drones at quarterback. He's not bad. Um, I think Georgia State could win outright against Georgia Southern. Um, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. I mean, I, we I don't think anybody touched it, but I think Kansas could give Oklahoma issues. I mean, I know that uh, Jalen Daniels is a. I don't think he's playing, but I mean that that Bean kid's not bad. And Oklahoma's bound to – I mean, they tried to lose last week. They're, they're going to be sleepy at some point. And then I was curious. Nobody touched Maryland Northwestern. Maryland's only laying 13 and a half. Were, and were you curious if nobody touched that? <laughs> I, dude, Talia's still slinging it up there. I mean, Kevin Sumlin may not be calling plays, but – and then I thought for sure Nick was going to get all over – Indiana plus 32 and a half. I I legitimately almost laid Penn State minus 32. I just why would that why would that be the number? It's a stupid number. And then I was thinking like, yeah, they'll probably beat them like 45 nothing. Clemson's got to go to Carter Finley Stadium in the triangle up there. That's going to be tough for them. I we hate to see Clemson fall off. Really do. You want a dart throw money line? Rice outright against Tulane. JT Daniels, baby. Yep. Slanging it. They can score. Um, Their defense is abysmal, but they can score. And Tulane's been living kind of dangerously since our game. They were, as as Nick noted, and I'm sure we'll note again before we sign off, North Texas gave Tulane all they wanted last week and the week before. Tulane sort of played down to their comp. I I think Rice can knock them off at home. I do think Tulane led 21-0 in that game. So it was like a hold-on game mm-hmm. last week. But the yeah. North Texas just storms why we, back and Why have we chosen the one, one of the nine games we lost last week? <laughs> <laughs> it's because the one I was adamant. That set, that set the tone, Ben. It did yeah, set the tone. yeah. I'd probably go I, eight and four with that. Y'all's, y'all's books are so fickle. It, you got to rely on me to carry the – who's going to carry the boats? Uh, this Speaking. week, Mark Stoops is carrying it this week because, again, I picked I picked Tennessee. That ain't losing. Hmm. Speaking of fickle, does Ohio State just, just get in Phil Longo this week again? Yeah. yeah. What's that number? 14 and a half, right? Oh, yeah. That's a- almost almost yeah. took them. What about Colorado UCLA? How's Wisconsin scoring this weekend? Yeah, I don't think they are. 
that's a that's a team total under banger as soon as that number becomes available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if that number is like like point five and a half. <laughs> yeah, they're not scoring. Because Nick, you nailed it early in the year. I mean, Ohio State's loaded on defense. Yeah, that's a that's NFL a dudes defense. everywhere. Literally, I well, well the reason that I'm not like some savant, I I looked at NFL draft boards early in the year, and there were four defenders in the first round on multiple draft boards, and I, I just thought like you can't possibly be bad with that much talent on defense, and here they are. I mean, it it's just guys I've never even heard of were first round picks in their secondary. Just and that says all you need to know. Yeah, they just suffocated Penn State last week. Yeah, and I expect – I kind of think they're going to do the same thing against Mich- Michigan later in the season, but we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, uh, one last freebie for folks. Um, I kind of like Louisville this weekend against Duke. Riley Leonard's not 100%. I, I love me some Mike Elko, and I think they're fun as hell this year, but Louisville's not bad. And also if you just buy too, right? Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Um, I think also, that game's also for that division too. Like, I think the winner stands yeah. a very good shot of Louisville, playing the ACC title game. Louisville's still in it. Um, and if you just need a fun, non-marquee game to watch this week, Troy, Texas State, fired up. That's baby. an interesting. That's an interesting number. Yeah, five and a half. You got John yeah. Summerall going up against our boy Gary Joe. And Texas State's been living dangerously, too. I mean, yeah. they let Louisiana Monroe hang around and hang around, what, two weeks ago? Um, so I don't know if they're dealing <laughs> they, with some injuries or they just – threw, They threw to the same guy over and over on that last drive. Yeah. All right. I think Troy has the personnel to make life difficult on that offense. Yeah, they'll get after T.J. Finley. Summerall's familiar with, with him. All right, we'll get out of here. Appreciate everybody tuning in. It was fun. We got some winners. We're getting back onto the horse this week, and uh, we'll get you some more winners as we are now 56-40 and against the spread. Pretty damn good. Um, Everybody's Austin's 14-10. and Ben and I are 15-9. and Nick is 12-12. and Somebody's probably off there. I got to redo the math because I'm an idiot, but – Needless to say, we're we're still clicking on all cylinders as a uh, legal gambling council here. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Appreciate Homefield Apparel making this show possible. And um, hey, we'll be back next week, week ten. Good lord, the season has flown by. But uh, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate Homefield. And until next week, we out of here. <laughs>